0: Speaker Trump? Maybe, maybe not. It's a very fluid story to use a word. <laughs> uh, it was never about gender. And we're going to explain how that is uh happening. And also, now they want to ban your furnace. Yeah. (laughs) Ah, man, thank God it's Friday. Welcome to the Jay Sheldon Show. Welcome in, and thank you so much for being here. It warms the cockles of my heart. Does my heart have a cockle? Uh, I guess so. Anyway, thank you. And thank you for all those of you who follow the show. There's a button right over there that says follow. Click that. It's free. Absolutely free for you, and it really does help out the show. We thank you for doing that. Also, we have reactivated our Locals account. There is a red button that says Join. That'll take you over to my Locals channel. And there, we're going to begin. We've already posted a couple of members exclusives there. So if you want to subscribe to my Locals channel, you can do that. Very inexpensive. Helps to support the show. And you'll get exclusive content today I had one of my other jobs, I was doing a a voiceover recording for a commercial for Julie's Oat Biscuits, actually they're really yummy. But anyway, uh, we did a kind of a behind the scenes at the uh, voiceover recording so you can see that. Uh, For subscribers only over there on locals if you want to join that channel. Thank you for doing that. All right, we got so much stuff to get to today and Among the many things we have to tell you about that is one of our sponsors Let me just take a second here to tell you about blackout coffee. Blackout coffee is awake Not woke get some coffee with values not that brown water crap. You've been drinking this company values family hard work, personal responsibility, uh, all American values. That's what this company is all about in addition to making an amazing cup of coffee. They were founded on conservative principles and they are the best fresh roasted coffee. It is all done in house. They work with local co-ops, American farmers, and they have a small batch roasting process. This is how it works. When you place your order, They roast, pack, and ship your beans within 24 to 48 hours. And then you give it another few days to get to your door for shipping. Boom. You've got an ultimate fresh roasted coffee. And I'll tell you, folks, I drink tons of coffee. You can tell. It makes a big difference between that junk you buy on the shelf in the supermarket that who knows how long it's been there, who knows when it was roasted, And these fresh roasted beans, you will absolutely taste the difference. Order one bag. Go over to Blackout Coffee. The link is down there in our show notes. Just pick up a bag. That's all you got to do. Try it. You will love it, I promise. And you will love the idea that you are supporting a company who values our traditional American values. They're all about that. All right, use the link in our show notes to get over there and that special deal when you check out. Be sure you use the promo code J20. J-A-Y-20 is our promo code to get a 20% discount off your first order. That is a good deal. 20% off. See, so you can try it and you will get it at a great deal. 20% off with the promo code J20 at checkout. Thank you, Blackout Coffee, and thanks for being part of the show. We really, really appreciate it. And we appreciate you folks who've gone over there and uh, done some coffee shopping. Let us know, by the way. I know we had many of our uh, viewers and listeners uh, go over and pick up a bag. Let us know. We would love to hear from you. I'm sure the reviews will be good. Okay. Is he or isn't he? Trump, Trump, Trump. Oh, my God. Well, this is really funny because as I was prepping for today's show, I knew I was going to lead with the uh, the Trump Speaker of the House story. And at the time I started to put the show notes together, there was an article from Nick Sorter posted on X says, Trump is willing to accept a House Speakership. He's now said that he will serve as Speaker of the House to be a unifier for the Republican Party until a permanent replacement can be found. That's what Fox News is reporting. This development comes after it was reported today that President Trump would be traveling to D.C. Tuesday in order to meet with congressional Republicans for the selection process. So that was the story. I, You know what? I... I don't honestly think he wants to be Speaker of the House. I think he's got his laser focused on too many other things. Well as I'm writing all of my little articles and collecting all my links and everything, this pops. Trump would accept a House speakership, but there's a catch. Soon after the House voted to oust McCarthy. The conversation quickly changed to speculation about who might be next, and several names have been floated. Jim Jordan, Steve Scalise, all have declared their candidacies for the Post. And uh, no requirement that the House Speaker be a member of the House of Representatives. Could be anybody. Could be me. It won't be, trust me, but it could be. Some were floating the idea of nominating President Trump. Now, originally Trump said... Not interested. No, quote, I think that's not something I wanted. A lot of people bring it up. It's brought up all the time. No, it's not something I want to do. I want to look at what's happening, and then we're going to do something else. No, it's not something I would be interested in. That was Trump last year. Now, Trump says he'd actually do it, except there's a small catch. He told Fox Digital he would accept the position of House Speaker temporarily with the goal of uniting the party while they deliberate on finding somebody else. He emphasized his willingness to assume the speakership temporarily for 30, 60, 90 days if Republicans can't come to an agreement. Now, beyond that, Like I said, this thing went fluid. It went from, nope, not going to happen, to, yeah, I might consider it. And the latest news is now President Trump has endorsed Jim Jordan and backed him as Speaker of the House. You know what? I couldn't possibly keep this story fresh, so look it up yourselves and find out what the latest is because every time you open a browser page there's something new I don't want it I might take it with a catch I'm not taking it I'm going for Jim Jordan uh, I'll do it if you ask I you know whatever honestly I, I, ser- I think he's just playing I think he's just screwing around with us I don't think he actually has any interest in becoming the speaker it would be interesting because he's now third in line for the president if we can put him in as speaker and dump that rotting bag of flesh and his cackling cohort he's in he's in just like that yeah here's the here's the latest story president trump endorses jim jordan for house speaker that's from post millennial previously considering a visit to congress Opened to pitching himself as a candidate, and now he's backed Jim Jordan. So, there you go. And you know what? I think there are a lot worse choices than Jim Jordan. That's not not a bad choice, Jim Jordan. Jim Jordan has put up a lot of crap. He's a politician. He's always a politician. But we could do worse than Jordan. All right. Gender. Transgender people, men playing women's sports. Although you notice there aren't a whole lot of women transgenders who are getting into men's sports because they know they'll get their ass kicked. Well, guess what? For all intents, this is kind of proof that it was never about gender. This is from Blaze Media. Interesting story in our show notes. The Swimming World Cup has canceled its open category. What they did was instead of having trans women compete with the real women and vice versa, they created a new category called open. And this was specifically for trans athletes. They canceled it. Why? Nobody signed up. These men pretending to be women are not interested in competing as a woman. They know their abilities far exceed any of the real biological women competing. And they know they can kick butt. And that's the only reason. Why they're competing. The Swimming World Cup in Germany officially closed the open category, open to offer inclusion to transgender swimmers. Zero athletes, exactly zero athletes, signed up for any of the swimming competitions. They announced the new category in August after men were prohibited from women's competition if they attempted to change genders after the age of 12. True to the word, the team of experts diligently worked to make this a reality. Uh, the president of uh, the World Aquatic says, I'd really like to thank all those who helped to deliver this opportunity. The administrators have since revealed that various events had been made available for the open category, and yet no one was willing to participate. (laughs) It's not about your social pronouns and standing up for how you feel you should be, not how you were born. It's because you know you're a man who's pretending to be a woman, and you can go into the women's categories and kick their butts, and that's the only reason you're doing it. Be honest. Come on. And that story is exactly the proof of that. They offer you a chance to compete as a transgender athlete in an open category, and what happens? Nobody's interested. Typical, typical. All right, the World Economic Forum, bunch of terrorists, and now that's been semi-officially declared. Not by somebody you might like who uh, the word from, but nevertheless, I tried to confirm this story and I could not. It did appear in a number of legit publications, but I have to be honest with you, I still don't know. I'm going to cover it anyway, but I'm going to do it with that word of caution that I have not actually seen a tape translated with Putin making this comment so we'll see this comes from second smartest guy in the i know Putin yes Putin has warned global terrorist Klaus Schwab that his days are numbered whoa mr putin my goodness World economic founder, Klaus Schwab, is a global terrorist who is holding humanity to ransom, according to Russian President Vladimir Putin, who warned the elite that their new world order has failed and their days are numbered. I'm liking this guy. He delivered a speech October 5th at the plenary session of the 20th meeting of the Valdai International Discussion Club in Sochi. Wow, that's a mouthful. And emphasized the tectonic and irreversible shifts taking place in global order. According to Putin, globalists, including Schwab and all of his little Nazi collaborators, are, quote, legitimate military Targets because they have been actively attempting to seize power illegally via a globalist coup d'etat. Man. 16 years ago, at the 2007 Munich Security Conference, Putin told Western leaders of the natural type of individual system and multipolarity, clearly showing Russia would oppose the creation of a new world order based on the international liberal rules-based order aggressively pushed by the global elites and their liberal politicians in western democracies, well, that moment of truth apparently has come. According to Putin, the global elite's plans for a new world order are receding right in front of our eyes, while a new multipolar world in which traditional cultures retain their heritage within their borders, rising like a phoenix. I like this. You may disagree with his politics, but there's one you can agree with, Schwab and his gang. And he's actually literally threatening them. I mean literally threatening them. That's scary stuff. All right, here's one I was not gonna cover because I don't wanna give this witch any more airtime ever, because she deserves none. And then I thought about it and I changed my mind. And here's why, because you need to know where these people are coming from, where their heads are at. You need to know what's going on in their warped criminal minds. You need to know what they're thinking, what they're doing how they're planning their attacks. This was all over the news today, so you may have seen it, but in case you didn't, I'm going to play it for you. It's just about 50 seconds long. Hillary Clinton, on a CNN interview, has called for Trump supporters to be re-educated. At some point, quoting... Maybe there's a need to be a formal deprogramming of the cult members. You know, Hillary, let me remind you of a phrase, basket of deplorables. That one didn't work out so well for you, did it? Well, I'm guessing the same writer who came up with that idiotic phrase probably came up with this one. Take a listen to what this horse face has to say. Very strong partisans in both parties in the past. Uh, and we had very bitter battles over all kinds of things, gun control and climate change and the economy and taxes. But there wasn't this little tale of extremism, waving, you know, wagging the dog of the uh, Republican party as it is today. Mm-hmm. And sadly, so many of those extremists, those mega extremists, Um, take their marching orders from Donald Trump, who has no credibility left by any measure. He's only in it for himself. He's now defending himself in civil actions and criminal actions. And when do they break with him? You know, because at some point, you know, maybe there needs to be a formal deprogramming of the cult members. But something needs to happen.
1: The answer is we don't
0: break with him. because Because we we know he he is our last best best hope to to save save. this country from people exactly like you. Why are people giving this woman the time of day? Why is she still getting airtime? She's a has-been, she lost, she will never hold another government office, thank God. Stop giving her airtime. It's exactly what she wants. That's the only reason she's in it for the power and the airtime and the glory. She's just stepping in it again. Like I said, I, I didn't want to put that on because I don't want to give her any more airtime, but it's important you know where these freaks are coming from so you'll know how to fight back against it. Seriously. This story appeared today. You all know that I have uh, an unbelievable deep love for dogs. I own a little Shiba Inu called Miko. Ichiko Mikoto is her legal name. We call her Miko. We used to do Miko updates here on the show, but it, eh, it just didn't fit in with the kind of show we're doing now, so I, I dumped it. Uh, we may bring it back at some point. We update you every day on how Miko's doing. Anyway, uh, I have had dogs my whole life, Uh, I have an absolute unbelievable love for animals and dogs, and so when I saw this story, as much as I can't stand Joe Biden, as much as I think he is an absolute piece of garbage person, I didn't think it were possible for me to think any less of this idiot. Well, I was wrong. It It is possible possible for for me to to think less. less. From PJ Media, Biden kicks and punches his dogs. And yes, there is video. If there's one thing most Americans not named Michael Vick can agree on, it's not to abuse dogs. Well, somebody apparently needs to tell Biden that.
1: Already his
0: approval ratings are in the toilet. This isn't going to help. The conservative watchdog, no pun intended, filed a freedom of information suit against the Secret Service regarding reports of multiple bite attacks by the first dog, Commander. The dog reportedly had been removed from the White House after its most recent attack on a Secret Service agent and another White House staff. Well, you know, you treat them badly, they're going to react. Biden now has had two different German Shepherds, Commander and Major, who have repeatedly bitten Secret Service agents and other staff at the White House. There's a pattern here. And almost always when dogs lash out, it reflects on the owner, not the dog. Take Take a look at this. For him, to stop his frequent trips home to his home state of Delaware. Look, stay in the White House. Go you know, work Watch on this. work on the problems. But maybe he's got like a secret cave in his house and we don't know about it. Cave in his house. Ha- Kicks the dog. And likely he knew he was on camera. So he was being a bit cautious trying to hide behind the limo. Kicks the dog. Like I said, I really didn't think it was possible to think any less of this idiot. I was wrong. All right. Hey, Japan has started to release their second batch of nuclear water, radio, radioactive waste. This should scare the hell out of you. And if you're a sushi fan, it should really scare the hell out of you. From the Epic Times... Fukushima treated water is being released over 17 days, 7,800 tons of treated water discharge. Japan began releasing a second batch of treated water, wastewater, from the tsunami-wrecked Fukushima nuclear plant into the sea Thursday, despite the first round facing strong opposition from China. Tokyo Electric said this round of treated water discharge will happen over 17 days, an estimated 7,800 tons, same as the first phase. Concentration levels of tritium in the second batch falls below the operational limit of 1,500 becquerels per liter. Uh, One is too many. They say there have been no abnormalities or other radioactive substance levels detected in the seawater. So far, strictly following the procedures, and everything is moving smoothly as planned. Nevertheless, 7,800 tons of treated, yet radioactive, water dumped into the sea, where it will live forever. I am strongly advising you to check the country labels on your fish. And if it says Japan, you might want to think about buying something else. I know I will be. I absolutely will be. Another head shaker. There's a ton of them tonight. The Biden administration a while ago, you know, were going to ban gas stoves, and then they said, oh, no, no, we're not going to do that. And then they just went ahead and exactly did that. Guess what they're looking at now? Your furnace. Yep. No fooling. The Biden administration now wants to ban gas your furnace in an attempt to force you to conserve energy they're banning a whole class of popular furnaces eventually raising heating costs reducing product choice for you for me for businesses and using an outdated law to give itself the authority to do so they recognized many of the comments arguing against its attempt to regulate gas furnaces did little more than brush them off unfortunately higher costs and choice will not be so easy for you and I to ignore there is a congressional authority to devise its final rule and the law itself does not require the department to tighten standards for gas furnaces if there's no good reason for it to do so and there isn't now the new rule doesn't simply alter the standards you know that's what they do they want to ban gas stoves they can't ban gas stoves so what do they do? They regulate the crap out of them. They put their arms and hands around the neck of the gas stove and squeeze. They make it so impossible for companies to meet the standards they set that there's no point in... The price would be 10 times what it is now. And they're not cheap. And that's how they get you. And now... They're coming after your gas stove. I mean, your furnace. Your furnace! What you heat your house with. Call your congressperson. Call them. There is a link in our show notes. It says contact your representatives. Let them know. Please do that. Please do that. Let them know who you are, that you vote. And that you are completely against this. And you expect that representative who works for you. You do not work for them. You are not their subjects. They are not your leaders. They are your employees. Act like it. (laughs) I got to lighten it up before we move on to our book because... It's entirely too heavy. We always end with a cutie little thing before we get on to our book. And this is a cutie little thing. I love this. I've seen birds when Miko, our Shiba Inu dog, sheds twice a year usually. And it's horrible. My house looks like it snowed. The birds will come around and collect all the miko fur that blows out in out of the house into the driveway, and that you know it makes nice nesting material. Well, that's fine, but if you really want the good stuff, the fresh stuff, you gotta get it right off the dog. Take a look at this. This dog is sleeping, and this bird is jumping on its back plucking out the fur and the dog just lays there doesn't even move doesn't care look at that got a big mouth full of fur and off he goes to make a nest now that's some fresh dog fur (laughs) that's insane how cool, I've, that I've never seen, I've seen them come into the driveway and pick up the uh, the Miko fur but to actually get it fresh off the dog, that's a first for me. All right. Hey, let's not forget uh, also, by the way, that you can pick up some Jay Sheldon Show merch if you'd like to help support the show. We've got all kinds of cool stuff, including our coffee mug, of course. I'll show that to you in a second. We got t-shirts and all kinds of cool colors. Uh, Oh, that's a nice one. I like that color. We got uh, tank tops uh teal black i mean there's hundreds of colors there's our coffee mug with our our logo on it and a little sub logo in the back we got hoodies nice priced hoodies by the way they're not expensive at all uh also our baseball jersey that gets a little pricey it's about 30 35 bucks but they're very cool they're very comfortable too all cotton very nice. So if you want, check it out. Help to support the show. The link is in our show notes. Jay Sheldon merchandise. And you can check that out. And order something today, would you? All right. It's time. We read books on this show. Been doing it from the very beginning. Children's classical literature. Then we moved to George Orwell, 1984, Animal Farm. And now we are doing Lord of the Flies. I think we're in chapter four. We read a little bit of a chapter every night for about, 15 minutes or so, and then we keep on going through till we get to the end of the book. Right now, we are doing William Goldings, published in 1954, Lord of the Flies. Ralph climbed out of the bathing pool, trotted up the beach, sat in the shade beneath the palms. His fair hair was plastered over his eyebrows, and he pushed it back. Simon was floating in the water, kicking with his feet, and Maurice was practicing diving. Piggy was mooning about, aimlessly picking up things and discarding them. The rock pools, which so fascinated him, were covered by the tide, so he was without an interest until the tide went back. Presently, seeing Ralph under the palms, he came and sat by him. Piggy wore the remainders of a pair of shorts. His Fat body was golden brown, and the glasses still flashed when he looked at anything. He was the only boy on the island whose hair never seemed to grow. The rest were shock-headed, but Piggy's hair still lay in wisps over his head as though baldness were his natural state, and this imperfect covering would soon go like the velvet on a young stag's antler. I've been thinking, he said, about a clock. We could make a sundial. We we could put a stick in the sand. And then the effort to express the mathematical processes involved was too great. He made a few passes instead. And an airplane. And a TV set, said Ralph sourly. And a steam engine. Piggy shook his head. "'You have to have a lot of metal things for that,' he said. "'And we haven't got no metal. "'But we got a stick.' Ralph turned and smiled involuntarily. Piggy was a bore. His fat, his asthma, and his matter-of-fact ideas were dull, but it was always a little pleasure to be got out of pulling his leg, even if one did it by accident.' "'Piggy saw the smile, misinterpreted it as friendliness. "'They'd grown up tactfully among the big biggins "'and the opinion that Piggy was an outsider, "'not only by accent, which didn't matter, "'but by fat, as asmar and specks, "'and a certain disinclination for manual labor. "'And now finding that something he had said "'made Ralph smile, he rejoiced.' and pressed the advantage. We got a lot of sticks. We could have a sundial each, and then we should know what time it was. Fat lot of good that would be. You said you wanted things done so as we could be rescued. Oh, shut up. He leapt to his feet, trotted back to the pool, just as Maurice did a rather poor dive. Ralph was glad of a chance to change the subject. He shouted at Maurice, came to the surface. Belly flop! Belly flop! Maurice flashed a smile at Ralph, who slid easily into the water. Of all the boys, he was the most at home there. But today, irked by the mention of rescue, the useless foot-long mention of rescue, even the green depths of water in the Shattered golden sun held no bomb. Instead of remaining and playing, he swam with steady strokes under Simon and crawled out of the other side of the pool to lie there, sleek and streaming like a seal. Piggy, always clumsy, stood up, came to stand by him, so that Ralph rolled on his stomach and pretended not to see. The mirages had died away, and gloomily he ran his eye along the taut blue line of the horizon. The next moment, he was on his feet and shouting, "'Smoke! Smoke!' Simon tried to sit up in the water and got a mouthful. Maurice, who'd been standing ready to dive, swayed back on his heels, made a bolt for the platform, then swerved back to the grass under the palms. There he started to pull on his tattered shorts to be ready for anything. Ralph stood one hand holding back his hair. The other clenched. Simon was climbing out of the water. Piggy was rubbing his glasses on his shorts and squinting at the sea. Maurice had got both legs through one leg of his shorts. Of all the boys, only Ralph was still. I can't see no smoke said piggy incredulously i can't see no smoke ralph where is it ralph said nothing now both his hands were clenched over his forehead so the fair hair was kept out of his eyes he was leaning forward already the salt was whitening his body ralph where's the ship simon stood by looking from ralph to the horizon Maurice's trousers gave way with a sigh, and he abandoned them as a wreck, rushed towards the forest, and then came back again. The smoke was a tight little knot on the horizon, and was uncoiling slowly. Beneath the smoke was a dot that might be a funnel. Ralph's face was pale as he spoke to himself. "'They'll see our smoke.' Piggy was looking in the right direction now. It don't look much. He turned round, peered up at the mountain. Ralph continued to watch the ship ravenously. Color was coming back to his face. Simon stood by him, silent. I know I can't see very much, said Piggy, but have we got any smoke? Ralph moved impatiently, still watching the ship the smoke on the mountain. Maurice came running and stared out to the sea. Both Simon and Piggy were looking up at the mountain. Piggy screwed up his face, but Simon cried out as though he'd hurt himself. Ralph! Ralph! The quality of his speech twisted Ralph on the sand. You tell me, said Piggy anxiously, is there a signal? Ralph looked back at the dispersing smoke on the horizon and then up at the mountain. Ralph, please, is there a signal? Simon put out his hand timidly to touch Ralph, but Ralph started to run, splashing through the shallow end of the bathing pool, across the hot white sand and under the palms. A moment later, he was battling with the complex undergrowth that was already engulfing the scar. Simon ran after him, then Maurice. And Piggy shouted, Ralph, please, Ralph! Then he too started to run, stumbling over Maurice's discarded shorts before he crossed the terrace. Behind the four boys, the smoke moved gently along the horizon. And on the beach, Henry and Johnny were throwing sand at Percival, who was quietly crying again. And all three were in complete ignorance of the excitement. By the time Ralph had reached the landward end of the scar, he was using precious breath to swear. He did desperate violent violence to his naked body among the rasping creepers so that blood was sliding over him. Just where the steep ascent of the mountain began, he stopped. Maurice was only a few yards behind him. Piggy specks shouted Ralph. If the fire's all out, we'll need them. He stopped shouting and swayed on his feet. Piggy was only just visible, bumbling up from beach. Ralph looked at the horizon then up to the mountain. Was it better to fetch Piggy's glasses or would the ship have gone? Or if they climbed on, supposing the fire went all out and they had to watch Piggy crawling nearer and the ship sinking under the horizon. Balanced on a high peak of need, agonized by indecision, Ralph cried out. Oh, God. Oh, God. Simon struggled with the bushes, caught his breath. His face was twisted. Ralph blundered on, savaging himself, at the wisp of smoke moved on. The fire was dead. They saw that straight away saw what they'd really known down on the beach when the smoke of home had beckoned. The fire was out, smokeless and dead. The watchers were gone. A pile of unused fuel lay ready. Ralph turned to the sea. The horizon stretched impersonal once more, barren of all but the faintest trace of smoke. Ralph ran, stumbling along the rocks, saved himself on the edge of the pink cliff, and screamed at the ship. Come back! Come back! He ran backwards and forwards along the cliff, his face always to the sea, and his voice rose insanely. Come back! Come back! Simon and Maurice arrived. Ralph looked at them with Unwinking eyes. Simon turned away, smearing the water from his cheeks. Ralph reached inside himself for the worst word he knew. They let the bloody fire go out. He looked down the unfriendly side of the mountain. Piggy arrived out of breath, whimpering like a little un. Ralph clenched his fist and went very red. The intentness of his gaze, the bitterness of his voice, pointed for him. There they are. A procession had appeared far down among the pink stones that lay near the water's edge. Some of the boys wore black caps, but otherwise they were almost naked. They lifted sticks in the air together whenever they came to an easy patch. They were chanting, something to do with the bundle that the errant twins carried so carefully. Ralph picked out Jack easily, even at that distance, tall, red-haired, inevitably leading the procession. Simon looked now from Ralph to Jack, as he'd looked from Ralph to the horizon, and what he saw seemed to make him afraid. Ralph said nothing more waited until the procession came nearer. The chant was audible, but at that distance still wordless. Behind Jack walked the twins, carrying a great stake on their shoulders. The gutted carcass of a pig swung from the stake, swinging heavily as the twins toiled over the uneven ground. The pig's head hung down with a gaping neck and seemed to be searching for something on the ground. At last the words of the chant floated up to them, across the bowl of blackened wood and ashes. Kill the pig, cut her throat, spill her blood. Yet as the words became audible, the procession reached the steepest part of the mountain, and in a minute or two the chant died away. Piggy sniffled, and Simon shushed him quickly as though he'd spoken too loudly in church. Jack, his face smeared with clays, reached the top first, hailed Ralph excitedly with lifted spear. Look, we've killed a pig. We stole up on them. We got a circle. Voices broke in from the hunters. We got in a circle. We crept up. The pig squealed. The twins stood with the pigs swinging between them, dropping black gouts on the rock. They seemed to share one wide, ecstatic grin. Jack had too many things to tell Ralph at once. Instead, he danced a step or two and then remembered his dignity and stood still, grinning. He noticed the blood on his hands, grimaced distastefully, looking for something on which to clean them then wiped them on his shorts and laughed. Ralph spoke. You let the fire go out. Jack checked, vaguely irritated by this irreverence, but too happy to let it worry him. We can light the fire again. You should have been with us, Ralph. We had a smashing time. The twins got knocked over. We hit the pig. I fell on top i cut the pig's throat said jack proudly and yet twitched as he said it can i borrow yours ralph to make a nick in the hilt the boys chattered danced the twins continued to grin there were lashings of blood said jack laughing shuddering you should have seen it we'll go hunting every day ralph spoke again hoarsely he hadn't moved You let the fire go out. This repetition made Jack uneasy. He looked at the twins, then back at Ralph. We had to have them in the hunt or or they wouldn't have been enough for a ring. He flushed, conscious of a fault. The fire's only been out an hour or two. We can light it up again. He noticed Ralph's scarred nakedness and the somber silence of all four of them. He thought, charitable in his happiness, to include them in the thing that had happened. His mind was crowded with memories, memories of the knowledge they'd come to them when they closed in on the struggling pig, knowledge that they'd outwitted a living thing, imposed their will upon it, taken its life like a long, satisfying drink. He spread his arms wide. You should have seen the blood. The hunters were more silent now, but at this they buzzed again. Ralph flung back his hair, one arm pointed at the empty horizon. His voice was loud and savage and struck them into silence. There was a ship. Jack faced it once with too many awful implications, ducked away from them. He laid a hand on the pig and drew his knife. While Ralph brought his arm down, fist clenched, and his voice shook. There was a ship out there. YOU SAID YOU'D KEEP THE FIRE GOING AND YOU LET IT OUT. HE TOOK A STEP TOWARDS JACK WHO TURNED AND FACED HIM. THEY MIGHT HAVE SEEN US. WE MIGHT HAVE GONE HOME. THIS WAS TOO BITTER FOR Piggy, WHO FORGOT HIS TIMIDITY AND THE AGONY OF HIS LOSS AND HE BEGAN TO CRY OUT SHRILLY. YOU AND YOUR BLOOD JACK Merridew! YOU AND YOUR HUNTING, WE MIGHT HAVE GONE HOME. Ralph pushed Piggy to one side. I was chief, and you were going to do what I said. You talk, but you can't even build huts. Then you go off hunting and let out the fire. He turned away, silent for a moment, and then his voice came back again on a peak of feeling. There was a ship. One of the smaller hunters began to wail. The dismal truth was filtering through to everyone. Jack went very red as he hacked and pulled at the pig. That's where we'll knock it off for today, and we will continue this on Monday show. Lord of the Flies from William Golding what a great book all right folks that's going to do it thank you so much everybody for uh, popping in really do appreciate it be sure and share the show be sure and hit that follow button over there it really helps our show out and it's free for you to do and uh, yeah all right enjoy your weekend spend it with somebody you care about and I will see you all right back here on Monday